Welcome to Conversations with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Bates. I'm a movement, nutrition, and mindset coach through my app, Wellness with Claire. Podcast host, coach at The Collective in Austin, Texas, sober alcoholic, brand builder, and competitive hybrid athlete. I've created this podcast to share inspiring stories and have meaningful conversations in hopes that we can create community together to learn and grow. Oh, and I hope to make you laugh. (laughs) Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Let's talk about coaching and how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Wellness with Claire is my very own coaching platform where I offer personalized meal plans, personalized workout plans based on your goals, accountability through community and weekly group coaching calls, mindset coaching and tracking features for results. I also offer one-on-one coaching, which gives you full app access, direct access to me via WhatsApp and 100% accountability with me including weekly video calls. Wellness is a mental, physical, and spiritual experience. The system works together as a whole, and I'm here to help you live in alignment with your principles and values and actualize a quality of life beyond your current dreams. Check the show notes or the links in bios on socials to find more information about how to get involved with Wellness with Claire today. Thank you guys for being here. This is Derek Wida, who is a first form sponsored athlete and is also the 2022 Wheelwad champion. That's the first time I've heard that. That's who you are in this moment. And a CrossFit athlete. He's competing here this weekend and doing quite well in the adaptive lower division. Yeah, it's fun. I'm coming off my first non-event win. So that was they had us do a 125 cal echo bike for time. I've never done that before. And somebody wanted it really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want it that bad. <laughs> I've also never done 125 yeah. straight calories on an echo bike. And an echo bike is not, whereas an assault bike will reward you. I do not feel like an echo bike rewards you in the same way. Do you agree? Well, it doesn't matter. So for the echo bike, I just use my left leg. So it's like, there's not, I don't get it. Yeah. It's a lot of upper body, at least on an assault bike. The pedals would continue to, I think the word is gyrate. But the echo, the echo is heavy. Yeah. The echo is tough. So, yeah, that was the first. I still did it in 1040, which is great. Yes. But somebody did it in like 950. Do you know <laughs> He what? was right next to me and he was like head down, throwing himself into it. I knew he wanted it. And I just made the decision to, you can have this one. You made like a but veteran yeah. move to choose your battles. Yeah, which is a weird feeling because as a competitor, you want to win and fight for them all, you know? Yeah. There's two more events tomorrow and I feel good about them. And props to that guy. His, yeah. name's, his, his name's Jacob Farley. I'd never met him before this weekend. And he's tough. Yeah, that was, wow. Yeah, he's the one that you <laughs> yeah. were, after after this last event this morning, he's taller. Yeah. Well, shout out to you. Yeah. Nice work. Okay, so I wanted to start, just because I always like to start or finish an episode with a gratitude. And so we're going to go there first, and then we'll dive further into all this CrossFit stuff. So one right off the bat, what's a gratitude that you feel in this moment? I found the best little acai bowl place by my hotel, and it has been <laughs> – I've never been big on <laughs> acai bowls. I had one in Hawaii one time, and it's – so you know me. I make my smoothie every day. I might start making an acai bowl every day. This is amazing. It's got 
whatever they do with acai berry sludge and then banana, <laughs> strawberry, granola, honey, chia seeds. It's, and then it said activated charcoal. So I looked up what that did. Oh. I don't know exactly, except I only paid attention to the part where it could turn your uh, poop black. <laughs> I haven't been checking yet, and I keep forgetting. I want to see what that's like. <laughs> also, you are like the man with a routine. So the idea, if he says that he wants to change his routine, something had to be really good. It's really good, but that's perfect athlete fuel. It's yeah. just like quick, and that's what my smoothie is back home. The ones that they make here on site also yeah. have bee pollen in them, and that's a vibe. What's the difference between bee pollen and honey? I can't talk about that because I don't understand it, but I like it. How do bees have pollen? They're not flower. What? It's. <laughs> I think I have to cap it there, but I eat it and I like it. I don't, okay, <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with my charcoal. Okay, so my gratitude real quick is that we get to have events like this where all of these people that we share this thing in common that we love, we get to come together and experience it together and make new friends and see old friends that we don't get to see that often. And I just think that that's pretty cool. So that's my gratitude. That's a good one. It's a good one. Made me feel kind of bad for talking about food that I ate. Don't. (laughs) But it was was really good. Shout out to Raw Juice. Because that's what they're called over by my hotel. I wasn't going to ask in case yeah, you didn't, yeah. if you wanted to keep it under no, wraps it was good. so it didn't Raw get juice. too yeah. overwhelmed. No, they got plenty of fruit. I can share. Yeah, no. <laughs> you can share your fruit. Yeah, yeah, what a yeah. guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. so first thing, do you still get nervous before competitions? Honestly, I don't. If we're talking about competition stuff, you know what I liked about that movie Creed? It's the boxer movie. Yeah. It was the first sports movie that acknowledged pre-competition poops like when you get nervous you're afraid your body tries to release everything yes so you're lighter and you can run away from the thing you're afraid of so i used to like a lot of people deal with that but i don't get nervous anymore and that was i read a book called the brave athlete it is written by a uh, sports psychologist and then his wife is a world champion triathlete and they address that in there between that and meditation practice i don't get nervous anymore but the opposite effect i almost don't care yeah. So I'm not excited. And that's a weird feeling to get used to because you go into an event and it's important to you. Well, and you're a competitive guy. You like to win. Yeah, right. So do you, once you're out on the floor, does it then like kick on? No, I mean, <laughs> no. Like, like I'm just really fit. This is important, high level trade craft type stuff. The less you care, the better you do. Okay, so this then, was something that you learned from that book. And, and other books and just practice and then practice. What I like about competition we train, 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 train. It's like your life is 98% training, 2% competition. Sure. And so when you get out there, it's just like whether some people say flow exists, some people say flow doesn't exist. But when you get out there and you're just mindless doing your thing, and then I have a couple points. Really, all I think about is I think about weird sh- I mostly don't <laughs> think. It's cool. It's a fun experience. Yeah. And then I seem to be doing well. To me, that makes sense on a non-scientific purely based on feel level as far as when I first started to compete in CrossFit, I was pretty bad at stuff. And like I moved really poorly and it's gotten better over time. But I remember being highly emotional about it. And then like that, I mean, just your heart rate, everything feels so out of control and trusting your fitness hasn't really been built yet. And the only way to get there is to do it. You have to go through that yuck of being uncomfortable to get to that place. But I would agree now that the past handful of competitions that I've done in CrossFit or High Rocks or whatever the things, like I'm like, you've built all the, the work has been done. 
And now you just show up and do the things. Just trusting in your preparedness. In competition, I've proven to myself that I'm good at this. I enjoy it. If I do my best, it seems to go okay for me. And of course, in competition, you got to look around and things like that and pay attention to other people. Sometimes when you're ahead of everybody, you don't. And that's nice. But I'm not always ahead of everybody. I'm just saying it's nice when that happens. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like today, I was I was behind, or me and that Jacob on the echo bike. Yeah. I was a little bit ahead, then he caught up, and then he started passing me, and I was like, I was holding, I was holding 60 RPM the whole time. I was definitely hurting. Yeah. But he like, I like to listen to books about old school endurance athletes, like Tour de France guys, like yeah. what they would do. There's a good book called How Bad Do You Want It by Matt Fitzgerald. Okay. That's fun. And what Jacob was doing reminded me of that book because he was just like sloppy, ugly, killing it yeah. for every stride. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this dude's getting it today. Yeah, he and mood. I'm not there, you know? Like <laughs> I told my coach, hey, you understand. So that was four, five, six. So if I said if he challenges me in event six, I'll answer that call. But today I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can have this one. This one's yours. No. no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, still good work because I'm mm -hmm. sure that even if you were not gas pedal on the throttle, really wanting it, I'm sure you were still pretty hard to beat. So, like, good on you, dude. Like, yeah. that was probably still really yeah. hard. Yeah. So, you're four events in, right? Two to go. Yeah. How do you feel? Good. Yeah. Hungry. Today was fun in the sense that. It was like fun little mental challenges because we were supposed to go at 1044. And so you time everything with your warm up and your yes. things like that. So I was headed up to the athlete warm up area and they're like, hey, they bumped up your heat times. You got to head over and go work out. And I was like, all right, well, let's see if we can do this without a proper warm up routine or something like that, because you should always be able to be ready. And then they canceled our swim because of a riptide something. What's a riptide? The water is behaving erratically. A strong current. Well, why don't they just say that? Everybody oh, understands what that is. Yeah, so it's a strong current. That reminds but me of the recent name that we learned for machines in the gym. What was that called? A selectorized machine. Does anyone know what a selectorize is? Okay, well, apparently it's literally a plate loaded machine or like the stack of plates, right? It's like you select well, the whatever. This is like an old school term. Did you know that term? No, it's just a machine. Yeah. Anyway, no. I'm, uh, not, okay, so I'm not doing it. I'm going to go ahead yeah, and just yeah. dive down this I, real quick. It's like you guys want to hit like a set on the chest selectorizer. Selectorize. <laughs> so the way that I learned this is I was in Austin, Texas, and there's a new facility opening. And there's a lot of fitness professionals, fitness influencers in the Austin, Texas area. And so I'm at this event for that group of people. And the gentleman that's opening the gym keeps on saying a lot of selectorizes, a lot of selectorizes. And I'm looking around at all these other fitness influencers and I'm like, any y'all know what a selectorize is? And that's... like, no one knew. And so I just raised my hand. I was like, bro, you got to tell us what that is. No one knows what that is. And it's like an old school term. It was like, oh yeah, no, that used to be what that was called, I guess. I don't know. The more you know. Anyway, you know. random fact. I'm not starting to say. Mm. Like, I don't believe yeah. I'll be calling it that either, yeah. but I do know now yeah. if it comes up, I know what you talk about. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So. I actually just want to go ahead and pivot straight to you just mentioned the fact that you were originally scheduled to go at 1044 and then you're walking to your warm up area and then it's 1015. And so I, as a spectator, now miss your event because I yeah. don't know what's going on. And well, so things happen in events like there's so much going on. There's so many divisions. Everybody's just doing the best that they can. But I do want to talk a bit about the future of the adaptive division within yeah. the CrossFit space, not even yeah. necessarily Wadapalooza individual event but just how far it's come and if 
you being an athlete that performs in that division, you are very intimate, like you understand what's going on there. And so what would you speak to on that about where you'd like to see it go? And maybe some things that you think that could be done to improve upon the experience for the athletes, for the spectators, for everyone involved, for the adopted division of athletes. Yeah, well, this is my first year doing Wadapalooza, and I've not done it in the past because back in 2015, 16, I used to call it like the cornucopia of cripples because they would just throw everybody up on one stage. So it would be like me versus someone in a wheelchair versus someone with a missing arm or something like that. And I never did that. I like competition or not. And so this is my first year doing Wadapalooza, and, and they did a great job. So in my division, the lower division, it's one division, but there's two standards. They're starting to figure that out. Okay. So like if a below knee guy is lifting 95 pounds, I'll be lifting 75 pounds, but the effort and the time about match up. So it's, they're leveling the playing field. And you know what? It's something the CrossFit games hasn't done. Yeah. And they seem to make no effort even this year. And I guess 2022 season. Is that what, no. The, the one that just occurred or the one well, this, upcoming. This, the upcoming one. Okay. Yeah, so no change still, which, I mean, that sucks. What are you going to do? Yeah, well, I mean, um, well, but, you can do something. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I guess that's their goal in the future or something. And I get it. It's tough. And then the adaptive divisions, like a lot of the adaptive athletes blame the competition or the organizers for not making this fair or that fair or this, that or the other. And if the adaptive divisions want to grow and want to be taken legitimately and want to get better treatment around here. I think a lot of the athletes need to step up and become athletes, eat right, train right, sleep right. Cause the people in the elite divisions here, they take this shit seriously. Like they perform and live at a high level. Yeah. And there's a few of us for sure. And not that everybody wants to be highly competitive or something like that, but yeah. for the sake of these competitions, I think the best thing that could happen is more adaptive athletes take their health and fitness more seriously and we get some legitimate rivalries and personalities right. and things like that this weekend in the upper division so guys like missing arms and, and whatnot casey acre and victor they're like head to head all the time so Having they're here you know so that's that's yeah. fun to look at and watch and when i saw they were both here i'm like ah because i was like you guys are getting after it this weekend so things like that and then i just did wheel wad and they've done a great job it was my first time doing that yeah. And so it's cool because adaptive divisions are becoming legitimate. Yes. And a lot of people have been working hard on that for a long time. And I haven't really been involved in the adaptive community type thing, but I enjoy it now. Now it's like competitive and cool and real. And I like it. So it's come a long way. It'll, I would like to make it to the CrossFit games one year. I tried last year and I came close despite really They're not being a difference really, from really, below the knee yeah, to above like the knee. Just tough odds, but that was okay. We didn't whine about it. We said, this is the playing field. Let's see if we can this do it anyways. Rule book. Yeah. Until there's some kind of change there or something. I don't think. Yeah, it's tough. Well, I think what you brought up is a great point of like, okay, so we want the division. We want more competitiveness within the division. And we think if more competitiveness occurs, then it will potentially, you know, it'll elevate the space. So then a follow up to that would be for adaptive athletes that are training in CrossFit boxes around the world and are trying their hand at this incredibly challenging and diverse sport, what would you say to them? Sure, for inspiration, but to help them make progress in their own athletic journey. Like what would I say to somebody who's an adaptive athlete trying to get better at this thing? Yeah. Well, one, I think if somebody 
wanted to become an athlete, they would do it on their own. A difficult thing in this is an able-bodied person, if they want to learn a movement, they can go on YouTube and find 100 tutorials on how to do that movement. If you're an adaptive athlete, every disability is so different. There's kind of, and we don't really have like a playbook or a rule book. And maybe there's some organizations that do that or something, but nothing to my knowledge. My advice to somebody would be just patience and creativity and like a strong work ethic. Figure things out. Be creative. Yeah. And even in my, so I did wheel wad. Well, one of the things, me coming out here and doing these events, some of the people with my disabilities look and see, and it's like, oh, I don't row with my leg on because I have this problem. I'm like, yeah, but this is how you overcome it. Yeah. And like, well, I have this problem. I'm like, yeah, but this is how you overcome it. Like I sit high on the seat. I, my feet are adjusted differently. I squat to the corner of the box. Why do you do that? So my socket doesn't hit the box and lift my leg up. And they're like, I didn't think of that. But if it makes, you have to stay patient and creative. And in a cool way, I really like that because creativity is creativity. You know me, I like art and music and things like that. But very, very this creative is individual. like expression of that creative. It's problem solving. It's frustrating. So patience, creativity, and be go easy. Well, and it it's, sounds to me like there's such room for, like, I just view all this as like, okay, so if there are current problem areas, then there's room for growth. Yeah. And all of this shows to me that there's just opportunity for growth within the adaptive space. Because we all elevate when we work together. If we can collaborate, we can grow. And so I feel very blessed to live in a place like Austin, Texas now, where I moved to six months ago for context. And I feel like there are so many individuals in that city that understand that if we collaborate with one another, we learn, we grow, we iterate faster. We don't have to deal with as many challenges. And so all of those different details, as much as it can be tough when you're a competitive athlete and like if your way works better and somebody else doesn't yeah, know it, then they don't know, know. it. <laughs> but if we want to elevate the space, then we need to share information so yeah. that we can grow faster. And that's a cool opportunity is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And for my part, I've accepted the fact that I'm data collection to the sport. So like the people running the games or wheel wad and things like that, they're still trying to figure out how to make the playing field more level. Uh -huh. And I'm the best one point of contact person. So I have to be involved in these competitions so they can see comparably, like if the best BK is doing a thousand meter row. What's Derek doing? So we can level that out. And it's like, <clears throat> I don't want to be data collection. I want to be but like, <laughs> so future generations. So I understand that it's like, okay, be involved, but I hope I get a chance someday. But yeah, I'm a competitor, but I like the philosophy. I just give all my tricks away to the guys that are competing against me. Cause well, you want to beat them at their best. I believe that about you. Yeah. Yeah. Like and you also, do want to beat them at their best. Yeah. You don't have to be that competitor. And that's part of the responsibility of being the champ or the best or everybody thinks like an alpha dog being an alpha means you're just like head down doing your work you're tough and stuff like that that's not what it means it means you're the leader of the pack right and so you fucking teach people yeah you've got the and pack help them out to look you know after. so it's like i like that i enjoy not that i'm great or anything but i've been doing this and i figured a few things out you know yeah. well <laughs> yeah. and you do i mean you have built a successful career within the space of fitness overall for reasons. I mean, you've chosen to show up and share. One of the things I love about, we certainly did a podcast earlier this year and did a, a day in the life with you. And it was a really cool opportunity to walk through what life is like for you. And then also you were dealing with some adversities at that time. And you were just really want people not to relate to my struggle, but to relate to my solution. 
And so yes, to relate to the struggle, but that's something that's so evident in you throughout the years, because I've followed along with your journey for nearly a decade now. And it's like, you really do want, like, once you feel you've got solution or remedy to your current issue, you do want to like, okay, (laughs) let's see if we can do less of that. Okay. So being an adaptive, being an amputee equals adversity in life more than the average bear. Yeah. I'm starting to realize that. Yes, it does. (laughs) It just does. You know, yeah. And life's not fair, but what is it that motivates you to keep showing up, to keep doing all of the hard work that you do? Because you work very hard. And at some point it could be like, I'm over it. This is really hard. And I just want to be a little more comfy. And you haven't opted to do that. And so what drives you? I definitely have those voices that say, be comfy, be easy, be lazy, be something. It's philosophical for me. I'm not a religious person, but I have to have guiding compass. And I believe I don't want to waste my life. And so what does that mean? So what does a good life to me mean? Doing my best. I always want to do my best. And so every day we come to that T intersection, you choose weakness or you choose strength. If you want to be your best, you choose strength as often as you can. You know, it's like, uh, weakness looks so good because that's where all the cookies and the good looking things and the alcohol and drugs and just like vice virtue, things like that. Because if you choose weakness too much, you eventually just do start wasting your life. I don't want to know that I'm not doing my best. And so that's all it is, really. I mean, I'm, <laughs> every day I'm alive, I have a reason to try and it's important to me. Inspiring others is something that really does drive a lot of your action, I feel even if you don't notice it in the day-to-day action of it. I mean, you've been inspiring people for a very long time. Like, there's something about that that you like, or you wouldn't be doing what you do. Well, one of the things about me is people started learning my name. The people that know my name, they mostly heard of me in 2015 or after. Yeah. And at that point, I was 30 years old. And so actually, if my life plan would have gone my way, I'd still be in the military And I probably wouldn't have a public social media account or something like that. But the military is a lot about leadership and whatever effect I have on people in a Mm -hmm. positive way, I do enjoy that. Mm -hmm. And so I will do things I don't want to do to keep that going. I don't post on social media for me. Some people understand that and some people don't. When I did a Tough Mudder, I think it was 2012 or the first time I did a Tough Mudder three months after I got my first prosthesis and I was just doing me. I was just being me. I was crutching. And I was walking and I was getting carried and we were just living our lives. Yeah. And that was just normal for us. But, you know, like the Denver Post came and caught up to me and people were saying, like, you're so inspiring, this and that. But I've always never cared about I'm just being me. And so I learned back then and I told my friend, I was like, you know what? Or he's like, you should do something with this. Yeah. He's like, you're really inspiring. I was like, yeah, I don't like myself enough to think that. But I realized If somebody finds me inspiring and it makes them try harder, it doesn't matter how I feel about myself. Like that matters. And so I respect that. So for maybe eventually they will teach you to like you better. I think hopefully they have. And I'm going to cram it down your throat. (laughs) Like you, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Okay. So I don't know if that'll. We're going to keep trying. We're just going (laughs) to keep trying. So that also leads me to then. So it was 2012 when you did your first Tough Mudder. A few months after your amputation. Yeah. So. I'm just doing me and then this happens. And by this happens, I mean, year over year over year, you continue to build a personal brand. You are a more 
recognized athlete for your athleticism for a number of different things. You have inspired people in many different areas of life and you continue to do that and you continue to show up on social media and do your best to inspire people. So how has that impacted your perspective with life? I mean, you've built this personal brand. You didn't set out to build a personal brand. It happened because you were being who you are. And how do you feel like that's impacted you today? Well, anything I do, I do it, right? So back when I started social media and things like that, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I went from zero followers to a couple hundred thousand without paying for it and stuff like that. I did that for a few years and I'm not anti-social media or something like that, but that's less real me. I like to be on my own and either training and writing or people talk about doing the work. You can't always be on social media. It's hard to do both. So actually like the last two, three years, now that I've taken, you know, CrossFit games came out with the adaptive divisions and there's all these adaptive divisions. And now it's like, Ooh, I can do the thing that I like to do. And it can be a little bit more real or something like that, like training and competition. Mm -hmm. I've like taken a step back from social media. And a lot of people know me as the dude that was drinking beer, grilling burgers, and talking about weight loss or the dude that was drinking in the bathtub doing <laughs> a bubble bath and things like that. <laughs> and that's all good. And I would like to be known, especially in this community, among the other the organizers and elite athletes, I would like to be known and respected for my discipline and work ethic. And Your I craft. mean, I've always been that. I was a goofy wild cat, have drinks some in here and there. But even back in those days when I, people thought I was just this wild that was 2% of my time. Sure. That was, that was a you know, like, yeah. well, and it was fun. It's a character, also not a character. Yes. When you're trying to make content, you're trying to teach people things or encourage them. You are also fighting for attention and you want to make it fun. So yeah, it was like a persona, but not like a fake one for Well, you're malicious. a very creative individual. Yeah. But I feel like fun, social media you know? for people and who And I build get like brands. such stupid ideas sometimes. But yeah. it, Something about you, I feel that is true is like, Anything that you get interested in and start to do something with, you could put a fraction of your energy into it and it would perform very well because you are a very creative, very driven individual. And so it's fun to watch what you get interested in because you have a tendency to perform well. That's just something that you do. And it's cool because it is going to inspire people. It it already has inspired thousands and thousands and tens of thousands and I guess hundreds of thousands. And it's not over. Well, what you just said, that is true about me. Whatever I seem to decide to want to do, I'm able to do somewhat better than average at. And I'm getting better at that between what I choose to put my time and energy into and then my focus into it, learning to get rid of distractions and and like the ways I distract myself. And so I like those things. I like getting deep into an endeavor. And in CrossFit, it's big to talk about learning new sports and things like that. And the nuances of different worlds and different subgroups and cultures. Like if you want CrossFit, we have our little clicks and circles here. But then if you go into the music world, they have little clicks and circles there in the art world. Everybody has their little nuances and it's fun and cool and dabble around. So I try to like harness that in a little bit more. As far as fitness goes, I'm trying to get to my best. And so I shut some other things out, which is understood by some, not by many. And that is what it is. So what are some of the daily habits that you feel like, like if you were to look at your day to day and identify the things that you feel like really do move you in the direction that you are trying to go, which sounds like it is largely this athletic endeavor within the space of CrossFit at this time. 
So what are some of the hack, the actions that you take on a day-to-day -day basis that you feel like move you that direction? So I'm a busy brain person. Most people are certainly like always thinking, always doing something. I've learned to just not think at home in between training sessions. If it's important, turn my phone off. No music, no noise. It's weird how much input we get. Like we're so distracted and I'm the worst. So limiting the distractions that we distract ourselves with. And I'm big on meditation. Yeah. And like over the years, I've tried to help people with health and or like nutrition and exercise. And that's tough. If I ever thought that was tough, trying to convince people to get into meditation, that's really tough. But that's been good for me over the last two or three years now. Yeah. Mm. What does meditation look like for you? Or... I use the Headspace app. Great. It's literally guided. Yeah, you don't even yeah. have to set the actually, parameter for yourself. And for people who are into fitness. So the daily meditations are great. I love Andy's voice. He's a British guy. I don't I want, you know, I want to meet him. But they have courses. And so there's like a 10-day course pack things. And there's a bunch of them for sports. And so there's a course pack for motivation, training, recovery, competition. So from the recovery course, I got this really cool line that I use here. So it's about recovery and stuff. And they say, your next event begins after your last one ends or your next performance begins after your most recent one ends. So people get out there and do an event and they think they're off until their next event. But that's when you start the eating and letting your body rest, let your brain rest. So that's been a big thing for me over the last year. As we think about rest and we just rest and recover our body, but you got to let your brain chill out yep. and it just makes you feel better. It's crazy. And you know how your life can get away from you. Your day can get away from you. And I used to be the type of person I always had to have music or something to do, people to talk to, things like that. Yes. It's just like nothing. So the beauty of just doing your dishes or doing your laundry or sitting in a quiet room. People say it now. One of our problems is nobody's bored. And so it's getting back to that. And it's yeah. not our fault because we have access to so many things. Yeah. Anything we want, we can have it now. And, and so it takes a lot of willpower to, but it just makes you feel better. And yeah, it's cultivating yeah. the habit. It's becoming aware of the reality that we are constantly inundated. And if we do not force ourselves to shut that off yeah. and recognize there are massive benefits to doing yeah. so. Yeah, and it's not then like we just never get it, the benefits. Yeah, and you don't have to be overly weird and like a recluse or something. But sure. sometimes from 10 to 11 every day, I'll be like, Derek, what are you doing? Nothing. And that's everything. Or like I take naps. I'm and a napper. You, I think yeah. more people should nap. It is human. Our brains release the same chemicals <laughs> around in the early afternoon that it does at night because your highest melatonin release or something comes yeah. not at bedtime, but sometime in between one and four. In the, yeah, 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 for real. Everybody should nap. And so I have the boys now, four-year-old boys. Yeah. We've been looking around pre-Ks. They're like, do you have any questions? I'm like, what's it cost? And what's the nap schedule? Because I want these boys to nap. Because a lot of people try to take away kids' naps. Yes. I'm like, you should stop doing that. You should start napping. You probably <laughs> wouldn't so stressed out. So naps are big. Yeah. Well, and just giving yourself an allotted amount of like, it's so worthwhile to be like, all yeah. right, I'm not if, doing anything right and, now. You know, like I get people have like a nine to five and sure. like health is not built into most people's lives because of their jobs and things like that. But if companies wanted to increase productivity and boost morale, nap time. You know? <laughs>
like just legit. Put a bunch of cots go in to the there. zoo. <laughs> go to the zoo during the day and see what the animals are doing. Uh, you know, they'd be like, napping. They're sleeping. They'd yeah. be napping. <laughs> yeah. yep. And when they need to hunt, they kill. That's such a fun thing to think about all these nine to five things and how much that has shifted over the years too. It's a fun tangent topic there, but just like wellness, corporate wellness, the topic becoming more prominent. And then, oh, so maybe we do want our employees to have options to eat better. Maybe we do want them to have access to facilities to move their bodies. Maybe we do the ones that are starting to incorporate mindset. Wellness is such a cool thing. That is exciting. Right. So but it also comes, always comes down to the individual. Like I do try to think about when it comes to helping people, I have to like put myself in their shoes. What is their life? But for me, I would never choose a life that didn't incorporate my health, like yeah. physical and mental health. Right. So, yeah. Right. Cause it's such a priority. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's building those habits over time. So I did want to make sure and ask if anyone else, I got a few other questions I can ask for a few more minutes, but it was yesterday. We waited for a moment. We were like, the first one is the hardest. And then they started coming. But that's okay if they don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's me. Okay, these are going to be more fun ones. Okay. All right, you ready? I am. Let's see. What is your favorite current intra-workout snack? Intraformant, the first form product. Oh, it's, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Carbs. Yeah. Liquid carbs. Are you talking about during a workout, intra-workout? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean like in between sessions. In between sessions, acai bowls. But with, like fruit, with charcoal. Yeah, fruit. Like fruit. Yeah. Car- I was laughing the other day because it seems like overweight people that are trying to lose weight are avoiding carbs to be healthy. Sure. And then athletic people are using carbs primarily to fuel health and performance. And I'm like, how do we teach you? Like education. The, one of the best things that I've done over the last two years for just health and performance and how I feel is learning how to use carbs and learning more about carbs. Because they really are our friends. Fast acting, slow acting, things like that. So in between work and the health and fitness world is big on like protein, carbs, carbs are gold. It's pretty cool when you learn, like if you are tired, Mm -hmm. if you will intake some carbohydrates, you'll probably be less tired. Mm -hmm. Real cool. (laughs) Yep. We just go right to the caffeine, but if you got some good fuel, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Your favorite machine. For fitness. Oh, I don't like any of them. Like, <laughs> you know, they're like, you talking about like, no, I like my little C2 bike at home. Right. Yeah. I got a little bike leg now. It's like the one thing I can do was like low impact. Just go. I, I always say the, if I had to choose one machine, like one machine that's C2 bike. Yep. It'd be mm-hmm. C2 bike. Okay. Favorite lift. Favorite lift. I like doing deadlifts. I signed up for a powerlifting meet March 25th. I'm going yeah, to try to really good at deadlifts. I'm, I'm going to try to pull while well, I'm 405 tore my bicep a couple years ago. So I'm going to go get some revenge on that bar. I don't want to gain weight though, but I'll try it again. That'll be fun. <laughs> I do deadlift and that powerlifting is a fun sport. You just got the, the smelling salts and all the chalk and I'm not excited about getting back into a singlet. I think I look a little silly, but it'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone looks singlet. Yeah, well, yeah. well, nope. I yeah. think Brock Lesnar looks great in a singlet. <laughs> But I'm okay. no Brock Lesnar, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm I bet a, you, whatever. Okay, so would you prefer a one rep max or a complex? I would like, or tomorrow I have a one rep max strict press. I do like that. Do you know what time you're doing that tomorrow? I think heat start at eight for that. Okay. But complexes are fun. Those are challenging because it matches physical challenge with mental challenge, like holding on to those bars and skill and stuff. Yeah. What about you? You seem like, if I, you're, you're complex, <laughs> right? Or do you like going for one rep maxes? 
Uh, yeah, I don't like one reps. Yeah. No, Mm-mm. no, I'm a very repeatable effort kind of girl. Mm-hmm. So if I can lift it once, I can probably do it ten times in a row, which is kind of annoying because that means your one reps aren't stellar. Okay, I think that that is probably sufficient. Okay, cool. So well, this was fun. This was fun. Thank yeah. you for coming and, and doing this. This is like this is great because this is what I came down here for to just be outside and, and hang out. Yeah. In your jammies. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be comfy. I do have to work out and stuff still tomorrow, you know, so I'm yes. going to go back. and. and I eat. appreciate you taking the time to come over here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah thanks for having He's me. He's kind of a good friend. Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys for being here. Last second questions. Did anybody like, I really did want to get one in. It can be a no. Okay. All right. Yep. We're wrapping. Thank you so much. Thanks, Claire. <laughs>